formerly the coach of the AHL Marlies, now the assistant coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Steve Spots on the line with us. Steve, first of all, congratulations on the gig. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks, Matt. It's uh, it's been an interesting, I think, uh, four or five days for myself, and my family, and. <laughs> As you guys know, growing up in the city, it's uh, it's pretty humbling, so I'm pretty excited about it. Well, you use the word interesting, which is intended very intentionally, obviously, to mean a lot of other things. In what way? Like, how have things changed once you took this gig? Well, you know, 12 months ago, I was leaving Kitchener to come to Toronto to work with the Marlies, and that was obviously a, a big decision. And, you know, here we are 20, you know, 24 months now, and, you know, um, or 12 months later, pardon me, and I'm going to be working uh, on Hockey Night in Canada. So things have happened very quickly, and you go from local Rogers television to Hockey Night in Canada, so it's going to be a big change. You and Peter Horacek are both in, and I wonder at this point, you work with Randy Carlisle and Dave Nonis, how much conversation have you had about assigning duties and getting a specific sense of what they're going to want from you? I talked to Randy on Monday, um, you know, and he was, he was just awesome. He, you know, he talked about just taking a couple of days to decompress and then he'll circle back with Pete and myself. I've talked to Pete, he's down in Florida and you know, we've, we all agreed that uh, we'll get together here in Toronto in the very near future and discuss all of that and divvy up our duties. But Randy just told both of us to decompress, take a couple of days here and then uh, he'll circle back with us and discuss uh, our job descriptions in more detail. I'm guessing that you interviewed for the job, even though they know your work from the Marlies. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Um, after the Marley season was done, I had an opportunity to sit down with Brendan and and discuss, uh, you know, moving forward uh, with the Marleys and you know potentially maybe with the Leafs uh, if that was a fit for Randy. So uh, we we talked about it. I then met with Dave Nonis and then eventually with Randy a couple of times. Uh, the most recent in Philadelphia at the draft where we had a lot of time to spend together, not just the lunch, but uh, you know we spent quite a bit of time together. So. There was a formal interview. Uh, we discussed, uh, you know, how I could potentially fit into the organization, and you know, I was very fortunate to, to get called up to the management office last Thursday during the prospect camp. I'm curious to find out what the fits would be in a job interview, and everyone's job interviews. They are always asking you questions because they're kind of looking for stuff. What were the kinds of things that they wanted to know that you could do and bring to the Leafs? Well, I think the big thing for Randy was whether or not I was prepared to be an assistant coach again. Uh, I did it with Pete DeBoer for 12 years in Kitchener and, and in Plymouth. And, you know, he just wanted to make sure I was comfortable, you know, uh, changing my role again where, you know, you don't have the ultimate decision or the final decision. And so we discussed a lot about that, the dynamics. Uh, we talked about specialty teams. We talked about the five-on-five play and, and really just our philosophies, even though we had talked quite a bit during the, during the winter. So, you know, he just wanted me to come in. Um, if it was going to happen with my eyes wide open, knowing some of the challenges that were ahead of us and some of the areas that he was really excited about. So, um, you know, more specifically with whether or not I would be prepared maybe to take a step back with regards to having final decisions, and, and obviously that's not a problem. Joined by assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Steve Spot. So, Steve, one of the, the overarching themes of the offseason and the bringing in of new assistant coaches, and we've read this a thousand times, change the atmosphere of the dressing room. Now, that statement is loaded with just a lot of different possibilities. It's very vague. Um, it, it's code for a hundred different things. What is changing the atmosphere of the dressing room? What does that mean to you? Well, what, you know, it, it, to me, what it means, guys, is you wake up in the morning and you come to work. Um, you have good days, you have bad days, you have adversity in your personal lives. And, you know, it's finding that balance that when you do get to work, that, it, you know, it can be as positive a workplace as it can be. And, you know, that's something that I've always believed in that. Although these guys are playing hockey for a living, it's still their jobs. And, you know, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be pressure, as we know, playing in this city. But, 
you know, I think one of my strengths is communication, you know, having the ability to have players come to me when, you know, they're dealing with challenges. And, and I think trying to create a positive workplace for the, for our guys. And if I can do that, um, I, I think that can be positive. But I think for me, it's more putting an arm around the dressing room and making sure that uh, when we do come to work every day, that it's a great place to come to every day. And with the facilities and the organization that we've got, there's no excuses that it shouldn't be a great place to come to. Let's uh, continue with the, the theme of uh, communication, the communication you'll have with Randy Carlisle. Um, one of the big picture issues with the Leafs last year was uh, poor possession numbers. And a lot of people wondered, you know, are the Maple Leafs organization, are they embracing analytics? Are they embracing different ways of looking at the game to try to improve the game? And I guess for you, how much of a proponent of advanced uh, analytics, how much of it is part of your coaching toolbox and how much of that are you going to impress upon randy carlisle well i think it's becoming a bigger part of the game and i think uh, we'd be burying our heads in the sand if we didn't uh, you know use that information the challenge for me and i think randy would agree is that we don't overwhelm people with at the end of the day you know hockey becomes a one-on-one game where it's you against i and there's one puck and one of us is going to get it so I think we'll use uh, we'll, we'll use it at different times with the players. We we'll use it obviously as, uh, for managerial aspects of the game. But I, I think Randy and I would both agree that we can't overwhelm the players with it, and and I think that's going to be critical for us. But Chris Dennis, uh, our assistant coach, has done a lot of work with some individual player analytics over the last months, and and I know that's been a great useful tool for Brendan and, and for Dave Nolis. And, and like in anything, everything is always about just having the balance uh, between that. Uh, last question on my end. Uh, I was just doing some reading on some articles about when you were signed uh, by, by Toronto. And in one quote, Carlisle wants his assistants. Uh, they're encouraged to speak to the large Toronto media. So if you are being encouraged to speak to the media, can we exchange phone numbers off air? Uh, and if you don't mind, if I could call you often for I don't relationship advice, tips on recipes, things like that. You can, and I'll tell you what, the first thing I'm doing, though, is getting an unlisted number in Toronto, and I told my mom, who lives in North York, to do the same thing. You know what? That tells me you've done your due diligence on the gig very wise. Steve Spott, the new assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'd like to circle back and talk a bit about this idea of communication, that... As an assistant coach, as compared to a head coach, often your role on a team is to help be a buffer between the decisions the head coach has to make and his philosophies and the players themselves. Do you see yourself fitting on this team as a guy who can be a buffer between Carlisle and the roster? Well, I think that's probably the biggest reason I got the job. I think, you know, my teaching background, um, you know, probably comes into play in that area, guys. I think, you know, our, our players need to have someone that they can go to, whether it be myself or Pete Horchuk, that you know, they can lean on. And, you know, there's going to be times where, uh, as I'm sure Gordon and Derek, uh, and Derek King had to deal with where the players aren't too happy with the head coach. So it's being that buffer. It's getting their minds in, in a positive place and, and knowing they, that I can be trusted. I think that's the biggest thing, that if there's something that they're going to tell me that unless it's critical uh, to a health and safety issue, that it may not get back to Randy, that they can trust me and, and know that I've got their backs. And I think that's the biggest thing where, when our players come to the rink, if there's someone that they need to talk to, that I can be there for them. One of the things that's really neat about team building is that, at least in my experience, and this goes all across the business world, sports or otherwise, is you get people with different philosophies but similar goals and similar ethics. When you were being interviewed, was it? did you try to impress upon them that you had the same philosophies as Randy Carlisle, or did you try to impress upon them that you actually did view things perhaps in a different way, and then that would be more of a discussion or a debate? Yeah, I would say the latter. I think that, you know, there's certain things that I like to do that I think that can help. And 
Um, although we will have uh, full consensus when we meet behind closed door or when we come out uh, of closed doors, I think when you're in behind closed doors, you know, that there has to be healthy debate. And, you know, I, I impressed upon that with Gordon Derek last year that uh, there's going to be times of difference. But when we walk out of the coach's office, that it's one unified message. And that's going to be the same with Randy, myself, and Pete and Chris Dennis, where although we'll have healthy debates behind those closed doors, when we come out, it'll be a unified message so that there's no miscommunication between any of us. You know, Steve, it's amazing. I was looking at Hockey DB and your career. In 1991, you're part of the AHL New Market Saints, the affiliate <laughs> for the Toronto Maple Leafs, playing alongside Daryl Shannon, Jeff Reese, Brian Kerr, and Alan Bester. And here you are now, 23 years later, and you're going to be behind the bench for that same team. What an amazing journey. It's Yeah, you know what? I, I think I'm that guy that I didn't have a dad that played in the National Hockey League or a family member. You know, I, I grew up in Toronto, uh, you know, I had my Lanny McDonald sweater, and when I realized I wasn't good enough to play for the Leafs, I got into coaching and teaching. But, you know, for all those young coaches that are in coaches' clinics or, or coaching in the Toronto area, I'm a good good example that it can be done because I was never given anything, and I just worked hard. I tried to surround myself with good people, and, you know, f thankfully now I'm reaching my ultimate goal, and that's uh, not only working in the National Hockey League but behind the Leafs bench. So I'm pretty thrilled, guys. Well, Steve, we're very happy to have you aboard, just part of the Toronto sports community doing this. It was exciting when you got the Marlies gig. It's exciting that you're doing this, and we wish you all of the best moving forward. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Matt.